0: Hey guys, welcome back to the sixth sixth episode of Girls in Biz. If you're new here, we basically just talk about everything to do with your business, whatever industry that you're in. Um, So to do this, sometimes we have some guests on, which might have today, might not have today. We'll see. Um, And yeah, we just talk about everything business related. We both run our own companies. We have done for the past couple of years and yeah. I don't really know what else to say about that. Um, I mean, usually we would kind of go into now like, oh, how was your week? How was your week? But none, neither of us have done anything interesting other than work. So nothing exciting has happened. Like, what have you done? Work? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll cut the boring chat there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut to the chase. We
0: have a guest today. Um. Yeah, we do have a guest today. And I feel like I'm gonna love her because I I've said this a few times, like I love everything spiritual. And I mean I'm trying to I don't know if I believe it or not, but I'm trying to get into manifestation because my psychic has told me to get into manifestation. So I feel like it's gonna her. be the perfect episode. It is. I feel like I'm gonna love her.
1: So yeah, our guest today is Hannah, who runs Mind Map Mentality. Um I've known her from pretty much like when I started out my business she was like one of the first people I met um and she's a mindset coach and she's very into all things like manifestation spirituality she does Reiki she does like in-person workshops and stuff as well she's like doesn't she do tarot cards yeah I think she does tarot readings as well Um, oh my (laughs) god so yeah that'll be fun I think she did me a reading before actually and it was like like they freak you out because you're just like
2: Sometimes mm. I don't know if
1: they're right or you just find a way to make it right. You're like, oh, yeah, actually, like, that could technically be right.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? I feel like I've been subconsciously, without realising, manifesting things. Like, I'll just kind of, like, notice. Like, I'll think of something. Like, something, like, not necessarily, like, good or bad. And mm. then it'll, like, happen. And, right, there's going to be someone much. listening and thinking what is this girl on about? But, like, the other day I was on TikTok and I saw this, like, purple Tesla, like, a really nice purple Tesla, like, getting cleaned. And it was, like, I've never been into purple, but I was, I really like this colour. And I thought, that's sick, you know? And I was at traffic lights today and a purple Tesla comes up behind me. I'm not, I'm not being funny. It's a bit weird.
1: It is weird because sometimes you're like, that is just random. I can't even yeah. think of example. I've definitely had it. I get it with numbers a lot, like angel numbers. I'll, like, see the same numbers a lot. But I've definitely had instances of it happening, but I can't can't think of what they are.
0: Have you ever had it, like, when you look at a road and you're like, oh, I've never been down there, and then, like, a couple weeks later, you go down that road? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird.
1: I've definitely had... Oh, no, you know the thing that happens the most to me, I think, is I'll think of someone that I've not seen in years, and then I'll see them
0: yeah or it could just be like a random
1: person from school but they'll come in my head I'll be like oh yeah I remember that person and I won't have seen them and then they'll just be like working in the supermarket or something and I'm like I've never seen you I've gone in here
0: I thought of you and here you are that's really weird like when you just randomly like remember someone isn't it and you never like I'll be with you like randomly remembering someone else I'm like how do I explain like i'm like oh but do you remember this person but like, how do i explain like the thought process behind that because i don't even know what the thought process was <laughs> and i am so weird yeah. um yeah so we've got her on today um i'm very excited so yeah let me so get, her, get her, in. her in
1: oh hello hi how are you I'm good how are you
2: I'm good thank you I was literally like I'm gonna put my face on and like get ready and I've literally not put any makeup on at all I've literally just like tried to get the baby asleep and then put some clothes on
1: <laughs> I love that jumper though I am you wearing that jumper before because I was obsessed with it oh thank you but anyway, I've kind of given like a brief kind of introduction on like what you do but do you kind of want to like explain for anyone who
2: doesn't know you kind of an overview of what you do Yeah, So um, I am primarily a mindset coach. Um, So I do one-to-one coaching and group coaching. I also do events, women's circles, retreats, Reiki, Oracle readings. I feel like the list just gets so long but basically my whole thing is about holistic well-being. So I kind of treat the whole person and help people become the best version of themselves by looking at the whole person approach rather than just focusing on one life area which is why I do so many different things. And
1: I feel like it is like a never-ending list isn't it like I feel like when it comes to wellness you could just keep going like on and on and on.
2: Yeah there's so many things that I keep seeing and I'm like oh I want to train in that I want to do this I want to add this but I need to just slow down because like you say it is a never-ending list there will always be more things that you can train yeah. in, more things that you can do. Yeah and I feel like I know like
1: when I kind of first met you I just said in the intro that like you were one of the first people I met in business oh my god really yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, because obviously we met through kind of like a business membership um so yeah you were like one of the first people that I connected with and I feel like you always remember the people that you like like your first like business friends <laughs> yeah definitely um and I know that you really inspired me in like manifestation and stuff like that and I know that Molly is really excited to talk about manifestation as well I love everything like that oh I'm glad (laughs) um so yeah it'd be cool to kind of hear your experience on manifesting kind like how you first heard of it and got
2: into it so I I feel like I was always manifesting without really knowing as like a teenager and like going through my teenage years I was very very negative and the more I was negative the more negative things were happening I was always complaining about everything I was always like anxious I was always just like worried about everything and complaining about everything I was like a proper negative Nelly and then I read The Secret like everybody does and Mm -hmm. started to kind of learn about manifestation but alongside reading The Secret I also was studying my psychology degree and learning so much about positive psychology and the power of the brain and our focus and where we put our attention and what that does on a psychological level so pairing that with the teachings from the secret and a more spiritual side I kind of saw manifestation as a mindset rather than just a spiritual tool that people can kind of use so I feel like I had kind of a new not a new approach but like a different way of looking at it which made it so refreshing when I talked about it because people were sharing so many things online about like you have to do this this and this if you want to manifest something and then people were so disappointed when it didn't happen or they didn't fully understand it so I started to manifest things in my own life and had really weird crazy results and then when I started to incorporate it into my coaching because I started coaching before really getting into manifestation it just like solidified that that's a massive part of what I want to do and a massive part of the way that I coach even though I didn't previously know that it was called manifestation, if that makes sense. Mm.
1: Yeah, I feel like manifestation as well has kind of become almost like a trend, like it's definitely become a bit of a buzzword. Do you feel like the kind of trend of it and the whole kind of like TikTok search has kind of taken away from what you thought it was? Or do you feel like that's
2: quite like a good kind of image of it? I think people kind of, there's no right or wrong like it's not something where there's like a rule book that we have to go by and we can all read it and then we'll completely understand it I think it's always going to be interpreted by you in a way that fits Mm -hmm. your life however when people are sharing what's worked for them on TikTok and things like that and they're sharing you have to do this 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 and this to get this result that is not going to work for everybody so I think it's really helpful to see it as an idea to inspire your practice or to kind of Give you a bit of an idea of where you could take manifestation, but I think when it's kind of shared in that like you have to do this, it's Mm going to be disappointed. And so I think the best way it can be seen on social media is like you can see other people doing things that work for them. You can apply it to your life and see if you enjoy it, see if it works for you. But if it doesn't, that's okay. You can find your own practice because the rules there are no rules of manifestation. I think at the end of the day, if you believe something to be to be true and to work it will work which is why so many people online are like this is what you have to do because I did it and it worked that's amazing yeah it worked for you because you believed that it would but if somebody else sees that video and they don't really believe it's going to work they're not going to get the results so I think just taking it with a pinch of salt is the best way to kind of approach anything you see on social media
0: I'm really like intrigued as to when you first started realizing about
2: manifestation like what were the things that you're noticing happening so the biggest one, which I feel like I have I talk about all the time is when we wanted to first move out, myself and my partner, we were living at my mum's in COVID and I had like a tiny little box room. It literally fit my double bed and my drawers and I could open my door and that was it. And we were living in that space through lockdown and it was so cramped and we were so desperate to move out and we kept viewing houses and being declined. And I didn't, I can't remember if I had a job or I was on a ten- temporary contract. I was finishing uni anyway. Um, my partner was changing jobs so he didn't have like a long-term job so it was impossible to find somebody that would take us as tenants so we kept applying and applying and getting declined from every single house that we wanted to rent um and then I did I found this manifestation meditation and kind of was reading the secret at the time and I said to my boyfriend I was like we're gonna manifest that we're gonna get a house and he obviously thought she's gone crazy um but I made him sit and do the meditation I said let's just think about a house that we want just like just trust me so anyway he did it um and I was just doodling in a book one day and I drew a house and just was doodling wrote next to it um we will be in our, our own house and both have jobs that we love by the 1st of September this year so then I forgot about that a few days later um Matt called me and he was like I was out I don't know where." he rang me and he was like something really weird has just happened he said I've just been doodling in this book I've drawn a house and then I've gone back a few pages. And you've drawn the exact same house. He's like, with like the windows and the door in the same place, the driveway, the gate, ev- everything on it is the same. And I was like, how strange. Like, that's so weird. Didn't really think anything of it. And then we viewed this house. And as we got there, we both said, right, instead of going in and thinking we're probably not going to get it, let's go in and pretend that we are walking into this house and it's going to be our house so we walked in, we viewed the house, we were really positive about it, we are like absolutely we're going to get it, really in the manifesting mindset, we got it, we got accepted on it, we moved in and then only upon reflection when I was unpacking the boxes, I opened up that notebook, I was like procrastinating, looking through, the exact house that we had both drawn was the house that we'd moved into and we'd moved in on the last day of August, I started a job the week before and my partner started a job on the 1st of September the day after and like I'd forgotten that I'd written that in the book and then I looked back and everything like fell into place and I think that's like one of those crazy things that like people might say it's coincidence but things like that have happened so many times in my life where you're like whoa that is mad like there's no way that you could explain how that happened. (laughs) I got like chills. (laughs) such a weird story because I think it's it's like solid. Do you know when you something happens and you've not told anybody about it and you're like, oh, they'll just think I'm making it up now. It was like physically on paper. And my boyfriend thought it was crazy when I started talking about manifestation. But even he was like, oh, my God, like it works. I think as well, like the way that I see it now and the way that I talk about it as a mindset, like Matt completely believes in it now. And I think it, it really is a mindset tool. Like it's not just I'm not telling him that I'm manifesting x y and z by writing it on a piece of paper leaving it under my pillow and like doing nothing to get the result so Mm -hmm. explaining it to him in a way of like even if you believe manifestation is a load of shit but the best possible thing is that you believe that you can do something you're taking action to make sure that you get there and you're like goal setting and working towards it of course that's going to work putting yourself in situations where you're going to be open to more things happening to you obviously you're going to get the results and I think that really shifted it in his mind so he was like oh yeah like obviously if you've got that mindset good things are going to happen to you and he's like come from a sporting background and they had sports psychologists and talking about you know visualization and visualizing that you're going to win the game and like believing that you can do it and the the importance of self-belief and that's at like professional sports level they don't call it manifesting they call it sports psychology but it's all the same thing it's just a different way of looking at it
1: I think what I don't hear a lot of people talking about is the kind of part like you've said about actually taking the action and how that kind of pairs with the mindset of it so I mean I think a lot of people from what I've heard kind of think like I think it's more the people that don't believe in manifestation think that you just think something and it happens not I mean the way that I've understood it I don't know if it's kind of the same way that you think but is that By doing that mindset work, it kind of almost changes the actions that you take
2: because you're kind of thinking in a different way. Yeah, obviously, if you really believe that, let's say you want to manifest a new job and you are thinking, I really want a new job, but... I can't do that. I'm I'm not good enough for that. And nothing will ever change. Nothing good ever happens to me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be applying for jobs. You're not going to be put mm-hmm. in situations where your career can change because you don't believe that it's possible for you. So you're not taking action. So the opposite of that is if you really believe in yourself and you believe that I think one of the big things that stops people that people hate hearing is if you're stuck in a victim mindset and you're like, life is happening to me, bad things happen to me. Of course, you're not going to get the results that you want because you are expecting bad things to happen so you're not ever going to put yourself in a situation where good things can keep happening to you so I think if you really do the mindset work and believe that it's possible but then also if I sit here and I believe that I want this new job and I believe I can really get it if I don't leave this room how am I going to get a new job if I'm not applying for jobs I'm not putting myself in situations where I can get a new job you have to physically take action or it's impossible for these things to come in and what people believe in it As a mindset tool, psychology, spiritual thing. If you say, like, the universe is going to provide to me, no one's going to turn up at your doorstep and knock on your door and say, I've got a job offer for you. If you've not put it out to the universe and told people you're looking for a job, it's like, it's common sense when you really get down to the basics of it. I think people just like fluff it up, and that's what makes people not believe in it. Yeah. Because I think, in kind of like, for me, like a business
1: kind of mindset of it, on the times when I'm like yeah I can get new clients and I feel really motivated those are the days when I sit on Instagram and I connect with loads of new people whereas if I'm really negative and I'm like everyone's leaving like no one wants to work with me I'll probably just like hibernate and won't talk to anyone and then I'm not like making those new connections so like when you look at it like that you can definitely see the kind of I guess more like science and logic behind it rather than I think when you just think of think of it as this spiritual thing it's really hard to understand the why of it but I think when you look at it like that it definitely kind of makes sense and I guess helps you believe it more yeah and I think
2: from like a business perspective if you if you don't say I'm looking for new clients I'm open to new clients how are people going to know and that's like not even talking about manifestation but that's how it's applied in our everyday life without us even thinking about it if you have spaces for new clients and you're not saying who wants to work with me the universe, and but you're sat writing in your journal I've got 10 new clients coming to me how's that gonna it can't come into form so you do have to take action 100% and what would you
1: say so I've had kind of situations where I've tried to manifest and it hasn't worked and I haven't really known how to deal with it so kind of like you said like when you walked into that house you were like we've got the house I've tried doing the same for example if I get an inquiry I've tried having the mindset of like okay I've got this client like they're mine I've got them like it's gonna go through and then if they don't sign up I then get like extra doubt because I was like oh I had them like in my head I was like they were my client and then when it falls through it's, it's almost like worse than like it would have been without telling yourself you got them like do you have a kind of mindset or process for
2: dealing with like when it doesn't work? So like a few things I think when we we like, as a society we're always like don't get your hopes up so when we do try and get our hopes up it's really hard for us mm-hmm. to genuinely feel like we are so let's say you're on a discovery call with a client and you're like trying to be like yep yeah, they're absolutely signing there'll still be an element of doubt in your mind and the more that that mm-hmm. kind of th- comes up for you the more you're going to be thinking about the doubt of I'm trying to think of really positive because I really want them to sign but they might not so there's still going to be an element of doubt there for anybody I think Mm -hmm. it's natural and when people say oh you can't manifest if there's any doubt I think that's silly because we're all going to have doubts um unless and if we didn't our lives would be so different because we'd just be wishing for things and they'd happen instantly (laughs) Um, but I think the way that I work with every single client is that the aim isn't to manifest every single thing that you want in a materialistic way so like you want a new client you want a new house whatever it is that you want it's about the feeling at the end of what that would give you that is what you want so it's not the new client that you want it's the maybe it's the financial result because that's why we all have businesses we want More money, we want to do something that we enjoy, but that is going to give us a feeling. So, what's the client going to give you? The client's going to give you money and probably a feeling of success and feeling like your business is doing well. That's going to cause certain emotions, probably happiness, that feeling of freedom, that joy. That's what we want to manifest. So, if we can release the control that it has to be this client and actually surrender to it and be like, the thing that I'm manifesting is joy. I'm open to seeing multiple ways that it can come into my life. Maybe it's this client, but if it's not, then I know it's not aligned. And the basis of all the mindset work that I do with anybody that I work with, I kind of refer to it as like the traffic light um, kind of theory, that if you are stuck at a red light, the aim is that you're at the red light and maybe previously you would have been stopped and you're thinking, God, I'm going to be late. This is so bad. I can't believe I'm stuck at this red light. And if it's a green light, you just go through it and you don't even think about it. You just go through the green light. What I want to help people with is making sure that if they're at that red light, they're like, okay, this wasn't in my plan. This wasn't how I saw things. This is kind of a stop in my journey. But I'm so grateful for this red light because it's showing me that this is where I'm meant to be right now. And if it's a green light and you're going going through the green light and carrying on on your journey, you're grateful for that anyway. So whether things are turning out how you expected them or not, you can actually have the mindset where you're grateful for it and that shifts your manifestation so much. So if you are getting your hopes up for a client and you're really manifesting it and it doesn't come into fruition, just know that that's because it wasn't part of the plan. And I think that's a really hard thing to start doing at first, but once you've done it and you can release that, it has to be this client because we all want to sign more clients. We all want to have our businesses really successful and when it doesn't happen, it can be really hard and it can hit you. But I don't know if you've ever had a situation like this, but I certainly have in the past where I have signed a client, but on the discovery call, I've known that they're not like the right fit, but I'm like, oh, but it's a new client and they're willing to pay and it'll be fine. And maybe we will be a good fit. And it never, ever works out. The client relationship is like, it's so, we all do it and we all feel, it's like the universe testing you to say like, I'm gonna dangle this bit of money in front of you. I'm gonna dangle this opportunity you know it's not right for you are you going to trust that something better is going to come along or are you going to jump on it And every time I've jumped on it it's been a hellish relationship with the client like you just know as soon as you've done it you can feel that it wasn't the right thing to do but you've done it because you wanted the result so it's just trying to remember in those times where it doesn't work out that it's for a reason I think there was yeah. a thing that I said a while ago
0: on the podcast and I can't remember what it's called but it was like one of them things where everything's kind of going wrong. It's actually the universe telling you that it's going right. But I don't it's think that's quote. a very good explanation, but I can't remember what it was called. Was this your quote that you had? No, this was, like I think I said this like right at the beginning, but it was something like that. I really can't remember what it's called, but it's just like a sign. Uh, of divine, wrong. was it divine? Comp- compensation. <laughs>
1: I've not heard of that, but I like the thought of it. I remember you saying this now. It was like the universe was it. It makes up for the things that you didn't
0: get in like a better way. No, it's literally like everything's going wrong because you're on the right path. It's a sign that you're on the right path for some reason. Um, I don't know why.
2: I think when we when we can think that like we're going the right way in life, and the universe is like actually no, like everything's gonna go completely differently in the moment it feels like everything's going wrong I always refer to it as like a relationship so when you're with like a person when you're with a partner and they're really toxic they're really bad for you in that moment you still think oh no this is meant to work out this is meant for me all your friends all your family can be telling you this is so bad for you yeah. in that moment you only have your experience and your emotions and you can think oh this is this is the right person for me then upon reflection you look back and you think how stupid Mm -hmm. was I? but in that moment you don't know so like when we think we want something the universe knows better than us like our friends and friends and family would have known better than us in that situation but we can't see it I think
1: that's such a good comparison comparing it to a relationship because I know that I've had it like at the time you're like no I know best I know
2: this relationship like this is the way it's meant to be and everyone's like what are you doing absolutely and then you look back and you think god everybody was right and I was so (laughs) then but you had to like go through that so that you learned something that's probably led you to something else in life,
1: yeah. And I feel like it always teaches you something that allows you to like open up the next path. Like, I feel like for me, if I hadn't have had a bad relationship, I wouldn't have known what I wanted in a good one,
2: yeah. I like it guides
1: you like that.
2: I think that's just it. Like, there's so many things in life where one of the things, like, the what is the word that I'm looking for? There's the there's like three main assumptions, that's the word, of mm-hmm. the law of attraction. And one of them is the positive present, that there's always a positive in any present moment. And that can really, really trigger people because when you're going through it, obviously it doesn't feel like there's any positive. And any situation in your life can obviously be absolutely horrendous, but there will be an element of positive to come from it. But telling people that, especially if they are stuck in that victim mindset, can really, really trigger people. And they can think, no, life is happening to me. That's That's not the case there's no good to come out of this but on reflection a lot of the time you can look back and you think oh well led me to this person or it's led me to this opportunity and without that hard time you wouldn't have the good times that follow the times when it gets really hard is when
1: it involves like people like losing someone and like death and stuff like that because in that situation it's so difficult to be like oh but there's a good gonna come out
2: of it because you're like what is it at that point yeah exactly and that's because in those moments they're the most emotionally charged so Mm. when you lose someone that's so close to you obviously that's going to cause so much emotion and when there's more emotion involved it's even harder to see that there's any positives that can come from it but I think when you have like lost a relative or lost a friend or whatever upon like after you've been through that grief process you will be a stronger person like mm. it's not saying that you've lost them for to make you a stronger person yeah. but you've lost them regardless and it's an awful situation to be in and it's a horrible thing to have to go through but that when it's happened anyway which is out of our control how can we mm. make it into a positive does that make sense
1: yeah um, I feel like the only positive only ever is it made you stronger I feel like that's that's always like the go-to I'm in my head I'm like him stronger I feel like that's <laughs> all I can
2: say Yeah, because you do, like, you grow through every single life experience that you go through. Mm -hmm. And only, like, when you look back, I was, like, having a moment of reflection yesterday about, like, I just had my master's graduation. And I thought, like, I don't ever take time to sit and, like, reflect on how my life was, like, 10 years ago. And I've been through so much since I was, like, 15 that has made me so much stronger and, like, a completely different person But like going through them at the time, I'd look back, if I looked back at each individual life experience, I'd be like, "Mm, yeah, maybe it's made me stronger. But actually, as they build up over time, you become a completely different person as you go through life, which I think is hard to like in the moment when things are really hard. It's hard to think, oh, well, it'll make me stronger in the long run because you're like, well, right now I feel like shit. Yeah. Talk
1: about reflecting. I feel like I don't even reflect on like a week ago. Like, I think a lot of us, especially in business, we're very much in a mindset of you get something and then it's like, right, what's the next thing? So, like, you get a, a new client and then you're not like, oh, wow, like a week ago, like I didn't have this money or this client and now I do. I'm really grateful. So many of us are like, right, where's the next client? Like, what's the next goal? And we yeah. don't even like take in that like milestone that we've reached. We just move straight on to the next one. And then you're just like constantly climbing. And you never actually get the satisfaction because you don't stop and just sit with
2: it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like if you could see yourself now from you five years ago, imagine how proud she'd be of you, but we never like sit and reflect and say like, oh, you've done well. Mm -hmm. Every time you sign a new client, you're like you say, look into the next thing to the next thing because it's become so normalized to you that you are being successful. But actually if you sat and you were like, okay, this is, one new client but it's one new client on top of the past 10 new clients or whatever it is that's a lot so it's it's kind of a similar thing where like little things are so easy to look past but when they add up you realize just how far you've come the thought of like your inner child or like your younger self the way that we're we're so negative to ourselves now like whatever age you are like you're in current day you can be so like beat yourself up about little things I always say to clients, like, imagine doing that to your 10-year-old self. We would never, ever speak to our 10-year-old self like that.
0: It's like the TikToks where, I don't know if you guys have ever come across it, but it's like, oh, imagine you're going up to a door and it's your childhood door and you walk in and you Mm. see you. What would you say to yourself? i just start
2: crying. (laughs) I'm the same. I think there's, especially, like, with my teenage self, I think there's a lot of, like, trauma and, like, emotion. And every time I think about how different life is to what I expected it to be like as well oh my god it makes
1: me so emotional I think in a child kind of like healing or whatever you want to call it I think that was actually one of the first kind of mindset practices that I learned like really young but without actually knowing about it so I think I was probably about like 14 or 15 I feel like at that time of your life your hormones are crazy and you can just have like mad mood swings and just like your mental health can feel like crazy at that kind of age um and I feel like I kind of went through phases of having like really bad like self-image and self-worth and stuff like that and I came across this post I think it was a tumblr post um and it was like this visualization exercise thing and it was basically saying like to visualize yourself as a child and like talk to yourself kind of like talking to your younger self and kind of like That's how you should be looking at yourself and like treating yourself. It was like, would you talk to yourself this way? If like you were looking back at yourself, as like a baby or whatever. And you're like, you wouldn't say that to a baby. Like, don't say it to yourself. It's the same person. And at the time, I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know that that was like a thing or like a whole practice. But I just remember it being like the kind of biggest shift in my mindset that I've ever noticed. It just completely took me from like feeling like my mind was against myself to feeling like I was kind of like caring for myself um so I think to hear that it is like a whole thing and there's so
2: much more to it, it's definitely exciting <laughs> yeah I think it's something that you can go into at any level but like it's something you can use so quickly and easily at any time in life when things are getting difficult or when things are good it's good to check in with that version of yourself because It's so easy to just go through every day, isn't it? And not reflect and not like go deeper, just getting through the hustle and bustle of every day, the chaos of life and not sitting down and taking some time to reflect and to check in with yourself. So I think it is a really healthy thing to be going back and even checking up on yourself. Like you a year ago today would be so proud of the things that you're doing now. So thinking back to all those different points in life, not just like a certain age.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to reflect on every day at the minute. Part of like where I've got counseling, like I need to start keeping a journal of each day and I'm trying to like write it down in depth. And I mean, I just forget I did it on Monday and it's now Thursday and I've done it once.
2: I think it's really important as well, like when it is something like that, to not only like realize that it's going to be helpful because that's what you've been told to do in your counseling, like it's something that you kind of need to do before your next session or whatever, but think about like the long term effects of that so like it's so easy to just work ridiculous hours especially when you like you run your own business there's nobody telling you to clock off and go to bed so if you are just going to keep working and working it can feel like in the moment that's the best thing to do but actually in the long term it's probably going to have an effect on your mental health if you are hitting burnout if you're reaching that point where you are just constantly working. So I think trying to remind yourself of like the long-term benefit of doing things like that, but also incorporating it into your routine so that it's stacked on top of something that you already do, or it's not even like reflect. I know you said you, maybe you've been asked to do a specific diary, but even if you don't have the time to do that, like every day when you brush your teeth or like you do your skincare or something that you do every single day, Just like asking yourself, what's the best thing that happened today? Because then your brain is going to go through all of the good things that happened so that you can decide which one's the best. And the impact that that has on your mindset is huge. I think often for me,
1: I don't like when it comes to journaling and stuff like that. I sometimes don't want to go into the negative stuff. I'm just like, oh, I'll just let it rush over. Don't want to like bring up anything bad. Don't want to get upset. I'll just like bottle it up and move on. That's
2: what makes it worse though. I know. I know. Absolutely. Like, when we repress emotions, we not only, like, is it just going to build up and build up and then eventually it will just explode, but also, have you ever heard about, like, storing trauma in the body? And I'm not an expert on this, but yeah. the way that the body holds trauma. Is that, like, I, somatic healing or something like I think, that? Yeah, I think that's, like, the healing process from it. But yeah. I thought this was so, like, woo-woo and out there, and I was like, what a load of rubbish. Um, And then my mum works in the NHS and she had a training for her team where the author of, I think it was the author, I might be wrong in this, somebody that was high up in the field of, I think it was the author of the book called The Body Keep Score, came in and talked about how your body holds trauma and how it will manifest into physical health issues, depending on where the trauma is stored in your body. And I thought for the NHS to be paying for that training there has to be evidence behind it and it sounds so out there and so woo woo and so crazy and then I started looking into it a little bit I haven't done loads of research but there's a big link in body issue body image issues so like psychologically being unhappy with your body and things like endometriosis pcos things like that and everybody in my family that had endometriosis has also had an eating disorder so, like, they say it's genetic, but all the women in our family, you either have had an eating disorder or you haven't. Those that have have all got endometriosis. And I just think that is absolutely crazy. Like, there's obviously not loads of research on it because it's quite a new concept, but I do think when you repress things, the energy of it is going to go somewhere. And it sounds crazy, but then when you do things like breath work or different types of healing, you can physically feel yourself Release in trauma it's a very strange thing
0: it is weird. we kind of
2: talked about
1: it's kind of similar I think it was in our second episode I talked a little bit about some research I'd done on how like gender roles can affect your hormones so I've got PCOS um, and I was looking into it and I discovered that there's studies that show that when women are put into typical kind of masculine positions it can increase your testosterone and can in turn um bring out things like Pcos so it was even things like I think they did it in in examples of being at work doing things that were typically done like masculine like firing someone and like kind of positions in charge like that were causing testosterone increases
2: yeah and ma- like it is mental that so many things in our society are like not they're not designed for our wellness. They're not designed to make us healthy. Our whole society is living around, m- most people live living around nine to five. And a nine to five is based around a man's cycle. And there's no consideration of a women's 28 day-, day cycle. And we're so split away from our feminine energy and doing all the things that are naturally what we're supposed to do as women. I feel like this divide has happened for a reason. And like, it's, if we all live like men and like, do these nine to five jobs and do these like mundane routine, same thing every single day. It's gonna break us away from feeling like we can go through this stage of our twenty eight day cycle and really connect with it. And we don't feel connected with it, and then we all end up with period issues. Have you ever heard about the?
0: I don't know what it is, but it's basically like frog poison.
2: No, <laughs> no. <laughs> My friends yes. have had
0: this done, and they had this like man. I think he was like some kind of like tribal man he came over and he had this stick and frog poison basically makes like a burn in your leg and puts frog poison in and it basically targets the trauma in your body
2: oh, and
0: yeah. there was one woman who clearly had a lot of trauma in her nose and all of a sudden her nose just grew massive I don't know I I don't know how this happened but and I don't know what it's actually called but um yeah she did something like that and like her nose grew. Everyone was throwing up.
2: It sounded crazy. I don't Google know if this. I'd ever want to do that. But <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know if I'd let somebody open up my leg and put frog poison in.
0: Yeah, it's definitely weird. But when... that sounds terrifying.
2: Then imagine like not knowing what
0: what Literally. But I mean, going back to like yeah. the trauma you think, in like... your body, mm-hmm. it's like. So when I was younger, I was bitten by a tick and I was given Lyme's disease and I had all these joint pains and um, I had all these antibiotics and they said, well, it should be gone. You shouldn't be getting these pains anymore. And the doctor ended up saying, well, it's obviously some kind of mental trauma that you're converting into physical pain. So, I mean, my wow. main area was at my knees. So I didn't know how that worked. So then that's when they then referred me to therapy. <laughs>
2: Yeah but I think like that's and in like the mainstream health system like they'll it's so there's such a fine line of like them just being like oh it's mental health issues and like sending you off for therapy instead of being like right how do we get, it sounds so crazy but like how do we get the trauma out of your knees? Mm -hmm. Like I do Reiki and the amount of people that I've like worked on and I obviously know nothing about them before they have the treatment and sometimes their knees will be physically hot to touch or freezing cold or like i can just feel that there's so much energy or maybe it's the hips or maybe it's the shoulders and i can either we'll finish the treatment and i'll say this is what i felt and they'll be like oh my god i've had a knee injury or um maybe if it's not we look at like using the knees as example like we'll look into what trauma is usually stored in the knees and it all makes sense and it's just crazy because there's no no way of me knowing that that's there but you can physically feel the energy around the points in the body where there's blocks or where your chakras aren't working as they should and your energy isn't flowing because of some trauma that's blocking it and I just think it's absolutely mental like it does seem crazy and this is what I mean if somebody told me that I'd be saying these things 10 years ago I'd think Mm -hmm. she needs locking up because she's absolutely crazy (laughs) but like it it works like it's a real thing I had a Reiki once and Um I had booked in because I was having an endometriosis flare-up. And the my friend that was doing it, she said, um, she like whispered to me, she was like, Would you mind if I just remove your hot water bottle from like under your jumper? And I was like, I've not got one in. And she was like, Oh my god. And she literally thought, I hadn't told her that I was having a flare-up, but she thought that I had a hot water bottle in my jumper because there was so much heat coming from like where my womb is. Oh, my God. And, like, there's no, there wasn't, it wasn't physically hot to touch, but it's the energy of, like, where the pain is. It, it is crazy. I found out about this frog thing.
0: What <laughs> yeah, is it called?
1: It's called Cambo.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was so, I mean, it's not vegan friendly because it uses frog secretions. <laughs> but um, basically when, what is it? It's a giant leak leaf frog or giant monkey frog basically when it's stressed so they have to stress the frog out um, it releases a secretion and where does it say what they do they claim it doesn't harm the frog but you know I don't trust it Um, where does it say what they actually do basically Google says it's very dangerous um it's a traditional medicine for purging or cleansing rituals um but obviously it's poison it's as if it enters your bloodstream it can make you really ill so basically it's really bad i don't know if it actually works but i don't
0: know if it works but
1: it is a thing so don't go around trying to stress frogs out to no it. <laughs> Um, So I have a question, actually. It's a bit more of a kind of general one, but from everything that you've sort of learned so far in terms of like spirituality and kind of everything like that, what kind of practices do you kind of implement like daily or weekly, monthly? Like what sort of things do you kind of do in your life that are kind of like part of your routine? So...
2: It's, it's massively changed since I've had a baby because mm. obviously I don't have the time like I used to to just like sit and journal or like meditate. Mm. It has all shifted in the way, of, the way that I practice. But I think simple mindset shifts is like the biggest thing that I have changed in my life. So being aware of my mindset and the impact that it's having on my life. So recently we went to Ibiza last week. We hadn't traveled with Matilda before. She's six months old she was ill she was teething it was 35 degrees and we got to Ibiza we couldn't get in our room for four hours she projectile vomited all over Matt at the airport she projectile vomited all over my friend's car when she picked us up from the airport and we got there and I thought like I can't do this like I was looking at flights home I was like this is horrendous this is going to be the most awful holiday ever it's not like a holiday it's stressful and I was just thinking like We can't sunbathe we can't relax we can't go in the pool and like just chill because we've got a child and like i was like this isn't a holiday like this is horrendous and then i put a TikTok up and i was like has anybody got any tips for traveling with baby and somebody commented and said change your expectations of what a holiday is because you're expecting it to be like it was pre-child and it can't be like that anymore and we both sat there and we were like really complaining about it and we're like that's exactly what it is we're like we are expecting to be able to lounge around on sun loungers all day with our iPods in and just listen to a podcast and sunbathe, that's not going to happen because we have a child. So when Mm. we shifted that mindset and we were like, right, so what, what would we like our holiday to be like now? Well, like, maybe we'll take it in turns. Like, what do we want to get out of it? Well, I'd like to lie in the sun for an hour a day. Like, that's ideal. Okay, how can we make it happen? And just instead of being so negative about every single situation, trying to shift your mindset into a place of like, this is what I'm dealing with. How can I look at it from a more positive perspective? Because it's so easy to get dragged into like complaining about everything. And I used to do it so subconsciously. I'd just be like, oh, it's so cold or the weather's so rubbish or I'm so hungry. Like I think parenthood has like really shifted the way that I see things. But like if Matilda's having a horrendous night and I'm waking up every 45 minutes like I was last night, instead of being like, oh, this is awful. Like she she is having a horrendous night And like, I'm so tired and like getting angry about situation, complaining about it, shifting away from that and being like, she's having a hard time, like she's having a hard time. So how can I make it better? And like, how can I make the the best of the situation? So it might be like changing plans tomorrow, just trying to be more positive. But to get to that point, I think it took gratitude, like practicing gratitude every single day as much as I can. And also breath work has been like massive for me and cold water therapy Um. It sounds so silly. I remember when I was like 15 and I was in therapy for anxiety and the doctor told me to like go for a walk and take deep breaths. I thought, what's a load of rubbish? Like, do you actually think that's going to cure my depression and like make me feel okay? But they don't explain why it works. There's no explanation of what it does to your brain and why taking deep breaths can work. So if I ever get anxious now, the first thing I will do is breath work. Um, But also you can use it to like, energize yourself you can use it to focus yourself you can use it to ground yourself um and cold water therapy is like a game changer for your mindset because your brain is telling you if you do this you are going to die your brain is trying to get you to do anything that it can to not get you in that water it will scare you as much as possible so when you realize that you can ignore those negative thoughts and get in and survive and get out you feel literally incredible because you've just done something that your brain told you, you you can't do it or you'll die. So when you realise you can do that, you realise you can do anything that you put your mind to. But I need to start with cold showers and then that will like get me into it.
1: I do do get like, does it kind of link to like the rush you get? Because I know that if I've had like a freezing cold shower, you get this like crazy like adrenaline shock. Does that kind of like tie into how it
2: helps as well? Yeah, so it increases your dopamine and serotonin and you get a massive rush of endorphins. But everyone's so cold trials are like the only thing that I'm doing at the minute because I don't have time to go to a cold water therapy like practice very often but it's a completely different experience like I the place that I go to do it they do like a breath work meditation before and they do the Wim Hof breathing mm-hmm. that activates your fight or flight response in a way that's safe so your body you're hyperventilating in a way that's controlled So your body starts to release, it's the weirdest thing. Your body starts to release um, natural opioids. So we have natural painkillers within our bodies. And the first time I ever did it, I was like, oh, I was like, I feel like I'm on like my medication for my period. So like I take Tramadol, well, I don't anymore, but I did. Um, And it would like make me go all, you know, crazy. Um, And I was doing the breath work. And I said to my friend, I was like, whoa, I was like, I feel like I've taken my medication. And then at the end of it, the guy doing it did a bit of a talk. And he was like, so you might have all felt a bit like lightheaded and stuff. That's the natural opioids in your body. I felt the exact same same, as if I'd taken the opioids that I actually take. Um, So you do the breath work, your body releases the natural painkillers. And then you get into the water. You have to do it so carefully. Like people have died from doing it and obviously if you jumped into cold water your body would go into shock but because you've done this breath work your body is like in a controlled state of stress so that when you go into that water you can ignore all those thoughts and you feel the most like calm because your thought your brain can't focus on anything else you can't start thinking about what you're having for tea or when your client's going to pay you or if you're going to sign that new client when you are in a body of freezing cold water your brain just has to focus on breathing so that you survive Mm -hmm. So it's quite a nice way of like checking out of, I don't think there's any other time in my life where I can focus my thoughts completely onto what is happening right now. Um, But in that moment, you have to. So then after when you get out, you feel incredible and your whole body like tingles.
1: I feel like the rush you get, I think one of the first times I tried it, I was really hungover. And I just wanted to do anything. I was like, taking like these ginger shots and I'll say I'm just gonna have a cold shower
0: and see what happens and I literally felt amazing after I was hungover last Saturday and I just went in straight away and just had like a warm shower because I mean like a warm shower Mm -hmm. and now you've said that you had a cold shower I feel like I would have been so much better because I had that shower and I laid down I felt so much worse but now (laughs) I feel like if I had that cold shower it felt so good yeah I just need to do
1: it there's so many things in life that I'm like I should
2: do that and I don't i don't do any of that. yeah i think there's so many things that we can do and we know that we should but because we're creatures of habit and like our brain wants to keep us in our comfort zone we'll just talk ourselves out of it and then actually if you push past that and you leave your comfort zone that's when amazing like growth happens and you feel so much better i think
1: you said earlier i mean i feel like it's quite obvious but that obviously having matilda has like changed your life and your business um I know that I and a lot of people suffer like with guilt when you're like not working or you're trying to take time off or trying to set like healthy like work-life balance how have you found like juggling being a mum and having a business and not suffering with those like guilty feelings
2: so i think it's the complete opposite now i used to feel guilty for having time off and now i feel guilty for working because Mm. your priorities shift and like your business is your baby until you have a baby and then your baby is more important but i think one thing is like having i was literally discussing this with matt earlier today like having mum guilt around like when you have to make the priority to work because in that moment you're not paying attention to your baby or like you're that somebody else is looking after them or whatever in that moment, you feel like guilty because you're not doing that. But in the long run, you're building a business so that they can have a better life. Mm. So I I do struggle with that. Like I find it hard to, if like there's a day where I could be at home with Matilda or I could go and sit and concentrate on work. I'm like I could go and do that, but like I really don't want to miss out. So I'm still trying to figure it out. To be honest, I think it has changed business massively for me. Um, but also I'm prioritizing like who I'm working with now and I changed when I when I had Matilda to working with clients only on an application basis so that I make sure that I can work with people who understand if I need to cancel a session and or I need to make adjustments like at the start there was a lot of times where I had like a few clients that I kept on from before I had a uh, till after and they were only ones that I knew would this would work with but like I would have to say keep an extra 50 minutes either side of your session so that if I need to stop and take a break and breastfeed and then come back I can do um so just like being more time savvy with like who you're spending your time with and who you're working with um and also like I used to have massive I feel like imposter syndrome is the wrong word but like I would hate increasing my prices and like I'd always be like, oh, well, my, my services are this much because this, this and this, which if you're having to do that to people, they're not the right people to work with anyway. But um, now I don't feel bad about any of my prices because I know that my time is so much more sacred now than it was earlier. I don't have time to work with 50 clients for £20 an hour, which I started doing sessions when I started this business at £25 a session which is just madness like I, I physically wouldn't have the hours in the day to do that anymore so I think it's just changed a lot of the ways that I look at business um I'd like to say it's made me more productive in the times that I do work um but that would be a complete lie and I I'm really working on trying to be more present when I'm with Matilda and present when I'm working and trying to split that because otherwise I end up being a mum that's not present because she's thinking about work and then somebody that has a business that's not present in a business because she's thinking about being a mom. so trying to separate those things is helpful for me.
1: So interesting hearing someone having like the complete opposite issue to you like it's weird being like oh I feel so guilty when I don't work to hear someone being like I feel guilty when I do work it kind of shows you that there is a whole other yeah. aspect about there but it's I think probably for me one of the hardest things I've found to deal with especially if I'm ill or even just want to take a day off just
2: for the sake of it I think like remember why you started your business like you started your business so that you could have I I assume like a job that you enjoy freedom your mental health will be amazing like that is what that's the goal so if you're not doing that you may as well be in a corporate job just running yourself into the ground if you're going to run yourself into the ground in your business but it can be sometimes really hard to prioritize yourself when like you said before like when you've not got anybody telling you to do it which is why I always say finding an accountability partner or like having somebody that's at a similar stage in business or working with a coach or even just like having somebody in your life that can keep you accountable and also thinking about that inner child stuff that we're talking about like if your inner child was feeling like she needed a day off or she wanted a day off would you be like no don't you dare don't you dare take a day off you better do all this work that you could do tomorrow but you're going to do it today just so you can't enjoy yourself like you would treat yourself so <laughs> um so i think just trying to like see it from a different perspective and until like if you have children if you choose to have children like you'll never understand the shift that like my business was my baby and it still is but when you have like a child like whole world changes and I remember before I had Matilda I was like I'm not going to be one of those moms that's like obsessed with being a mom and like it's only a mom. I was like my life's going to continue my business is going to continue the exact same and I'll just have a baby on the side it's just not how it works like it, there's just no way that that was ever going to be sustainable it wasn't going to happen um so I think when that happens and when that shift happens in your mindset you your priorities shift naturally so there are other reasons to you know like prioritize things away from your business
1: let me see if I had any other questions because I wrote some random bits down but I can't remember what any of it oh
0: there was one thing I just remembered so you do like tarot cards don't you yeah I do oracle cards so what
2: are oracle cards like what's the difference between that and tarot cards so I've It's just, like, a different deck, really. Like, I've never used Tarot. I feel like their Tarot cards, I think, are all the same, whereas Oracle cards, like, there's loads of different decks that have Mm -hmm. different things on them. So, like, I've got, like, an angel one, a, like, fairy picture one, and different, like, animal ones and stuff. So there's, like, different ones that will have different messages, whereas Tarot, I'm pretty sure, like, every deck is the same, and they all, each card has, like, one specific meaning. Whereas Mm -hmm. when I use Oracle cards, like... I could pull the same card for both of you and get a complete different message, like, coming through.
1: Okay. That leads me on to another question. How, I mean, I don't know, maybe there's no answer to this, but how does it work doing, like, readings and stuff like that, like, online through a screen? Because sometimes I'm like, if you're not physically with someone, I don't always understand how it can kind of
0: work. (laughs) Yeah.
2: it doesn't make any difference because it's so I work which again sounded crazy until like I went through loads of stuff but like I work with oracle cards and mediumship so I don't offer mediumship as like a service because I'm not confident enough in it yet but I regardless of whether you were sat in front of me or not it's not about like your energy it's it doesn't you don't have to be physically here it's about like connecting with you as a person so 99 percent of my readings that I've done have all been online um sometimes I will do like a lot if it's a long reading like I'll do a live zoom they can record it um otherwise I can literally just channel like think about the person that I'm reading for pull the cards for them and like voice record the reading and send it over to them and it's always accurate like it doesn't you don't physically have to be with them at all. It's not about like them being in your space and that's how you get the message. It's just, I don't know how it works. It just does. It's one of those things that like, until like, I could do you a reading now and I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know the things that I'm saying, if they make any sense to you until you give me the feedback after. And you're like, that makes sense because of this, that makes sense because of this. um, It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me until I know a bit more about the situation. But obviously until I've given the read and I don't want to know anything about the situation because I don't want to... Yeah, like lead on to anything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And can you do Reiki online as well? Yeah, so... There's I say that. Yeah, you can do distant Reiki. Do you remember when your horse was ill and I did a distant Reiki? Oh my God, with... yeah. And he's still fine. <laughs> <laughs> so like you can do it with a picture. And again, that's like the most mental thing like that doesn't really make sense to me but it it does work like it's especially with animals I think in person with um animals is the most weird mind-blowing experience because with humans you know you're getting a Reiki so you think maybe that tingle in my head is is the Reiki Mm. maybe I'm making it up animals don't have that thing where they're like oh let me just pretend that this is really relaxing. So especially with horses, they're really, really receptive to it. And if you rake your horse, they will like close the eyes, relax the hooves, like they'll start dropping the head. They don't do that to impress me. Like they just mm-hmm. do it because that's what they feel. Like it's it's mad. And like with dogs and like I've reiki dogs before that are really like yappy and really on edge, really anxious. And by the end of it they've they've just been like led there, the most chilled the most chilled they've ever been but like it's more rewarding when you do it on an animal because you know that they genuinely feel the yeah. You, yeah. they genuinely feel it rather than like a person who's gonna like act up <laughs> uh, the person could just be like oh my god yeah it was so relaxing but actually they didn't feel anything um whereas animals can't lie
1: is it something that you have to have kind of already in you like the I don't want to say like power because I feel like that sounds silly but you kind of have to have
2: like the sense in you already to do it or can anyone learn it so everyone has access to it already like think when you're a child and you fall over you naturally put your hand on it like you naturally Mm -hmm. wherever you're hurting you naturally put your hand on it so we all have it but then as we get older I feel like we're really disconnected from it and no one is taught that like you've got powers to heal yourself and like you've got the ability to heal yourself because if you're attuned in Reiki if I was giving you a reiki i'm not healing you all i'm doing is facilitating like the energy through me to give it to you but anybody can do it so you can get attuned which is like trained in it where you learn about it you understand like how to open up to it how to do it there's level one where you can practice on yourself and any like friends um pets whatever and then level two where you go deeper and it's like if you want to use it to actually physically hold treatments um you just go into it a bit deeper you understand it more and kind of the origins why it works all the studies that have been done on it and it's becoming a lot more mainstream like there's they use it in cancer patients now and um in loads of things in the nhs you can get reiki for it now which is mad
1: so will reiki work if if someone is skeptical and you do it on them will it still work or is it kind of like manifestation where if you're not believing it's working it won't work
2: It'll be more effective if you're open to it because your energy will be open to being manipulated whilst you're having the treatment. But I I didn't believe in it. And my, I was having a flare-up once and my auntie was like, hold on, I'll reiki you. And I thought, what a load of shit. Like, my <laughs> painkillers don't, I don't want it. So I literally led that in agony and I, it had no effect on me. Then I want give away to receive a reiki treatment. And I thought, oh, well, let's just go and see what it's about. And I was like there with my eyes closed and like this beanbag thing over my eyes. And you know like when you can, if you put your hands like this, you can feel your hair moving, but it's not like you can't feel anybody touching you. You can just feel all your static. I'm hair. like a static. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I thought, oh, she's moving my hair. Like her hands must just be just above my head. Um, And I could feel all my hair moving. And then she touched my feet and she was nowhere near my head. Mm-hmm. But I could feel all my hair moving. Like it was just the weirdest thing ever. And... I physically felt like I, I couldn't feel my physical body anymore. It was as if, like, I'd been turned invisible. It was just, it's, like, one of those weird things that, like, I didn't believe it, and I went to that with, like, an open mind, like, let's just see how it goes. And it, like, changed my whole perception on it. That's so really weird. Trying. There's a book, apparently, I've not read it, but apparently it's called Why We Woo, Woo Works, and it's about how all these practices that seem really out there they work because you believe that they work. So, like, mm. even if we think about physical healing, if I had, like, let's say endometriosis, like, I have a chronic illness and I've been told by the NHS there's no cure for this. People have cured it before, people have cured it with alternative practice. But if I believe that every single day I have a Reiki and that Reiki is going to cure me, if I knew, if I believe that if I have seven Reikis a week in a year, I'll be healed. Every single day in my mind, in my brain, I'm going to be thinking I am healing and it's going to mean that I'm less stressed about whatever's going on, whatever illness I've got, which is going to release less cortisol, which is going to improve my immune system, reduce the inflammation and therefore you're going to get better. So like there's I think there's always a logical way of thinking about the placebo effect for anything to do with your mind and your body is, like a, is a very real thing, I think. If you believe something will work, it will, because our bodies are so much more like powerful than we give them credit for. Yeah, yeah I feel like the placebo effect has been around a
1: long time, hasn't it? Like, I remember hearing about placebo effect when I was little, but you don't realise how much it
2: relates to all this other stuff. It's basically all just placebo effects. <laughs> Massively, like, our brains are so, so powerful, and like we don't get taught to use that. But in so many studies that they've done about like antidepressants and things like that, especially with antidepressants. If you give somebody an antidepressant or a placebo, a lot of the time they have the exact same effect because you're taking a pill that you believe this pill is going to make me happy. So of course, if your brain is thinking this is going to make me happy and you truly believe it, of course it's going to make you happy because it's changing your brain chemistry. It's like when um like
1: children think that they've got alcohol and it's not actually alcohol yeah. and they think they're drunk. <laughs>
2: they've got alcohol yeah, and in they- the source. <laughs> yeah exactly like they actually feel the effects because they believe that it that it really works yeah there was something like
1: that at my prom that was like non-alcoholic wine and everyone was like pretending to be drunk and then someone was like it's non-alcoholic and they're all like
0: oh that's so awkward (laughs) Um,
1: and yeah thank you for coming on I feel like we just we were so excited to have you because we're just obsessed with all this kind of stuff and we don't we like we're interested in it but we don't necessarily know that much about it so yeah it's good thank to hear someone like you um we'll put your like instagram and stuff in the notes
0: so that people can follow you um but yeah thank you thank you guys so that was hannah so she is the owner of my map mentality and i don't know i feel like i loved hearing about all the manifestation stuff i love stuff like that i knew that you'd love her <laughs> i love it um i feel like i want i just want more people i want a psychic on i want someone to do like a little like psychic reading i love that they say something like really bad and we're just like oh, okay <laughs> yeah try not say anything too bad if you feel anything bad just message me after um we but... keep forgetting to ask people to please rate us yes
1: um I can't remember the difference in Spotify and Apple. I know on Spotify, I think you can do like, I mean, give us a five star rating. Yeah. Apple, is that a star rating? I can't remember. I, I think both are star know. ratings. I don't, I don't know. know
0: about
1: Apple. Whatever you're listening, please follow. Please give us a rating. Um, also, if you have any feedback or anything that you want to hear send us a message on instagram if you've got any like topics you want us to cover i know i sent you molly a message earlier someone asked if we could cover i think like organization i haven't um, like, that message
0: because i'm not organized today
1: <laughs> <laughs> i screenshotted it and sent it let me find it
0: oh yeah our instagram is girls in underscore if you wanted to message us follow mm-hmm. us but yeah if you're on Spotify, I know after you've at least listened to an episode, you can rate so if mm-hmm. you can rate us five stars. And if, if you're watching, watching on YouTube, your fans, if you're watching on YouTube, you've got to subscribe to us. We've got a whole like free subscribers on YouTube.
1: <laughs> Love our fans. Um, okay, so someone someone has said, can we talk about how we look after our mind and energy and running a business? Um, they've said that they're talking about that a lot with people at the moment. So if that's something you also want to hear, then let us know. Um also had a message saying about organization tips, um, how to work smart and be organized. I mean, I don't know if we're the best people for that, but I've learned a few things that I could maybe pass on. Should do the Stephen yes. Bartlett thing, be like. The more listeners we get, the bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it does really help because when you start getting ratings and stuff, like it really does help the platform to kind of push you a little bit more. And obviously we want to help people. We want people to listen to us. So, yeah. And yeah, we want
1: to talk to cool people. And obviously the bigger we get, we can connect with more cool people and share their little biz stories here
0: exactly um but yeah that is the end of episode six but yeah thank you for listening if you've listened this far and we'll see you next week